should be a bumper video. Good morning, everyone. How are we today? Well, hey, my name is Jeff, and I'm uh, one of our pastors on staff, and we're about to call up a bunch of families who ha- are mothers for a very special uh, baby dedication. We do this a couple times of the year. As they make their way up, let me do this real quick. Can we have all of our mothers stand today? All of our moms stand up. And if your mother is in the house... In reverence to God, you should just bow to your mom right now, right? Everyone just kind of say, moms, we bow to you, right? Thank you, moms, we love you. You can stay standing or you can stay seated. We should honor you all day today. Hey, up on stage right now is some very special families. A couple times a year, we have the privilege to dedicate, that's what we do around here, dedicate several young children to the Lord. Um, we will do this this morning, and we'll get to celebrate some families who are making decisions to say to us as a church, and ultimately us as a church, encourage and help them to do their very best to honor these kids uh, and point them to Jesus. Wow, you're a good-looking group. Wow. Wow. Let me get out of the way because I'm blocking, like, beauty. Beauty, right? Hey, can we just say happy Mother's Day to these moms real quick? Happy Mother's Day to you. We, how many of you guys, you've been in their shoes before, and you know what they went through to actually be here dressed up this morning, right? My hat's off to you. We've got a bunch of photos scrolling by in here with all your children and all their beautiful faces. As a church, we want to say to you, we love you. And uh, some of us who are older parents, older uh, moms, and we've had children longer, Uh, we know that you have some incredible, beautiful opportunities ahead of you. And so as a church, we support you. We want you guys to know um, beyond, from the bottom of our hearts, that we love you guys and we're completely for you. Now, what a baby dedication for us ultimately is this. It is a commitment moment where we as a church uh, promise to raise our kids, our children, in a way that would be a God-honoring way. And so what I want to do is I want to ask you a couple questions and have you, from your hearts, uh, respond accordingly. You can say, I do. You can say, no. Uh, You can say, we will. Whatever, Whatever is appropriate for how you respond to what you believe God's leading you to do as you lead these families. The first is this. Will you communicate to your child that he or she matters to God? Will you teach your child that God and his word can always be trusted? And then thirdly, will you do your best to pass on God's love and his grace and teach your child about his plan of salvation? And then I've got a verse I want to read to you. It's found in Deuteronomy 6, 5 through 7. It's been a sort of a guidepost for my uh, my family over the years. It says, love the Lord your God with all your heart with all your soul, with all your strength. These words I'm going to, um, that I'm giving you today are to be in your hearts. Repeat them to your children. Talk about them when you sit in your house and when you walk along the road and when you lie down and when you get up. For us, those have been those, there's going to be multiple teachable moments all along 
your days as you raise these kids that you're going to just see these moments. They're going to just be like God moments where you realize, okay, this is a moment where I believe God wants us to, to enunciate, to say something, to encourage, to guide. And I believe as you do that, as you invest and in, are intentional with passing on God's truth to your kids, I believe God honors that. I, I, I know many, many families that have pointed their kids to Christ, uh, even in the midst of losing sight along the way. If you'll find those overarching truths from God's Word and pass them on to our kids, Scripture says that, that, that if we'll honor Him, He'll make our paths straight. And so we believe that for you this morning. And as a church family, church, would you respond to this real quick? We promise we're going to love you and help you and encourage you on the way. Do we agree with that? There we go. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. And God, without you, none of this is possible. For it's only through you, God, that we can do anything. Um, God, we trust you. We trust your word. God, today we entrust these children, these families to you. God, I pray that they would just uh, lean into you in all the days ahead, the scary days, the the difficult days, the confusing days. And God, I pray that you would do as you promised in your word, that you would make their path straight. We love you, Jesus. We praise you for giving us your son and him giving his life for all of us. In your name I pray. Amen. Let's give these guys a hand as they walk off stage this morning. Thank you so much. God bless you guys. God bless you. It's so good to have you guys. Beautiful families, beautiful families, beautiful families. Daddy's not so much, but beautiful families. Well, it is good to have all of you here this morning. Got a packed house. We're going to have a lot of fun this morning. I've got a very special Mother's Day treat for you today. We've got an, uh, an incredible family that my wife have, and I have gotten to know for the last few years that uh, recently um, have become part of our church leadership team, the Brown family. I'm going to call those guys up. Michael and Beth Brown uh, are some wonderful people that we have uh, just come to know them in a unique way because of their story. But Michael and Beth Brown are great friends. They're godly, wonderful people. We're glad they live back in their hometown again. And uh, we want to welcome this morning, Beth, where do you prefer to sit this morning? Because we're going we're to give you a special spot. You want the, Beth does not want to be in the middle this morning. But we're going to interview them this morning about their journey. Uh, recently, Michael was ordained. That's a big kind of uh, audacious church word that we kind of throw around sometimes. But basically, we just, uh, we just asked Michael to be a part of our church leadership team this last week and had like a, a special ordination, and we ordained three men, and we ordained another new pastor on our staff, and that was Stephen uh, Armstrong, who you know is one of our worship leaders. And so uh, today, we've got the Browns in the house. Uh, we're going to talk about their lives, their family, and their adventure today, and we're going to scroll through some photos to give you a big bird's eye view of what God's been doing in their life, uh, I want you to listen in. I want you to hear their hearts. And I want you to kind of walk through this journey because I believe it's gonna be, there's going to be something in this for each of you. I think all the moms are probably going to cry. All the, all the men in the room are going to pretend that they're not. All right? But in all this conversation, I really feel like God's going to use this powerfully today. So can we give the Browns a warm My Church? Thank you. Glad to have you here this morning. So, 
if you'll permit me, I want to ask you guys some questions today um, and let you just chime in, however God leads you to chime in on what your journey's been like. So, Beth, I'm going to start with you. Uh, tell us what led you guys to adopt, and then how, how did you discern in that process God's leading, his calling, his yes, go do this direction? Um, first, first of all, let me just say, um, we love Jeff and Christy, and we love my church, and it is our joy and our privilege to be here today and share with you, um, not just about the adoption process, but truly what God has done in our lives through this adoption process. So um, a little bit about me and this guy right here. We uh, met in the fifth grade a long, long time ago. Um, we're high school sweethearts. And this year we'll be married 20 years. Um, so a little bit of background before I tell you our yeah. story. <clears throat> um, I need for you to know this about me. Um, my ultimate goal in life, I'll try not to cry, um, was to be a mom. Um, and it started when I was really little. I loved my baby dolls. Um, I carried them around all the time. I bathed them and I taught them. I um, took them, every, I'm not exaggerating, I loved my baby dolls. Um, and then you get to a point where that becomes a little bit inappropriate, and so then you just start babysitting. So I began to babysit, and then when you're in college, you begin to um, nanny. Um, I even chose my career um, to kind of help me be a good mom, which was early childhood education. Um, there is no greater um, responsibility and joy that I have than being a mom. And if you're a mom, you know that. You know that. There is, there's, there's no greater gift. Um, so I, I had to tell you that before I started in on our journey. So we were married five years, and of course I'm chomping at the bit to start our family because all I want to do is be a mom. Um, so we um, became pregnant uh, very, fairly quickly um, and then had a miscarriage, which was devastating, um, but God showed us so much even through that process. Um, we were able to have three children. Um, I'm not going to get into that a lot because we have so much we want to share, but um, my pregnancies and my deliveries were um, um, quite intense and... Um, I almost lost my life a few times, and um, it was just a, a crazy time. And so after Noah, our last biological child, the doctor said, please do not have any more. And I'll never forget, um, as the doctor told me that, knowing I can't have any more, and I was so grateful for what I did have and what he had blessed me with, I knew I wasn't done. And I've... I had to keep that secret for a long, long time because how could I not know that I was done? But I, I knew I wasn't done. Um, so you see, God gave me three beautiful, wonderful biological children, literally gave them to me in my womb. I carried them. But what I didn't know is God was preparing for me to be a mom with someone born in my heart, um, which is mine too. Um, and that's what we're going to talk to you a little bit about today. So we, um, I had to get him on board with another one. Um, 
which um, took some time, um, but, you know, God had called me to adoption a long time ago, and I just had to keep praying that God, if it was right and if it was in God's will, he's not going to call me and not call Michael. He's going to unify us in that. And so um, after much prayer, um, this is kind of where our story begins. I had no idea God had been dealing with him and stirring in his spirit. Mother's Day, four years ago, um, Michael gave me a present, and I unwrapped it. And it was the home study to begin the adoption process. Um, and, and I just, I need to, I need for you to understand what a big deal this is. It's like this much paperwork, and he had filled it all out by himself without any help. Come on, guys, come on. Michael Brown, it's not even Father's Day. I mean, you should get a hand clap for that. It was a lot of paperwork. That was just um, a pivotal moment um, that God did unify our hearts and our spirits, um, and he had called us together finally. Um, And so that's kind of where that um, begins. I I really wanted to ask, but I'm not going to ask, so don't answer how you got him on board, but we'll just leave that up to imagination. All right? But, Michael, uh, so you got on board. So tell us what your journey's been like since you guys, you got on board and made the decision to adopt. And along the way, what adventures and challenges have you guys experienced? So four years ago, four years ago we got started. Uh, and the first thing you need to do when you're doing an ad- adoption is uh, obviously to, to get an agency. And so we picked an agency, and then you have to determine where do you go adopt. And, and we've been asked by a lot of people, why did you do an international adoption? There's lots of kids in the United States that would, would need adopting. Uh, and we really prayed about that and felt like God was leading us to a place that had a great need. And, and not that there's not needs in the United States, but uh, for the most part, we don't know true need uh, in the United States compared to some of the other areas in the world. And so we started down a process uh, and looked at several countries and, and decided we were going to adopt from Ethiopia. Uh, certainly the, the continent of Africa has millions of orphans, extreme poverty. Uh, it's hard to find a place with greater need than Ethiopia. Um, and I really struggled with this process of what happens next. So you, you heard Beth talk about the, the paperwork. There's a lot of paperwork. But once all that gets done, then you've got to get matched up with a child. And uh, I don't know if you guys have been through this experience or watched it on TV, but you see these people, they're flipping through books and they're looking at pictures. Uh, and maybe it's a, a mother that's going to give up her child and sh- she's looking at, at prospective parents. Or, or maybe it's uh, folks like us that are looking for a child. And I began to think through, how do you make that selection? Wh- who are we to choose who's going to have a family and who's not? Uh, oh, that one looks cute. I, I, th- I think we like that one. Or that one, I don't like red hair. I don't, I, don't, I don't want a red hair child. Or What criteria? And so we ultimately had to just give that to God and say, God, lead us where you would want us to be. And the only requirement I put on God was, you saw the picture of our other three kids. We started this uh, when Noah was four. So we had three kids. They were all four and older. So I felt like I had qualified in diaper changing. I, I was... I had changed a lot of diapers in my lifetime, and I felt like I was skilled enough not to have to repeat that. And so I said, God, whatever you do, lead, lead us to a child that's potty trained, and, and that will sleep through the night. 
Uh, we don't care what they look like. We, we don't care where they're from. Just, just let them be potty trained. I, I don't want to change diapers. Um, and lo and behold, our, our, I told you we were going to Ethiopia. Our agency came back and said, well, you know, we've got this one boy that's in the, the Congo. And when he gets adopted, we're done with the Congo. It is, it, the process there is becoming too unpredictable. It is, it is corrupt, and, and it's just too much of a challenge. And so when he's done, we're done there. We said, well, God, that's, that's our calling. That's, that's our boy. And so we start the process, and uh, we, we, we've got our, our son picked out. We've got uh, our paperwork done. Things are moving very quickly much faster than you would typically expect. And so within six to nine months, we've got paperwork from the Congo with our name on his birth certificate. He's got a new name. He's legally ours. And, man, we are on the cusp of having our son. Um, And then the the Congolese president put a a complete stop to all adoptions, all foreign adoptions. Uh, There were about 1,000 kids that were approved uh, from a a host of countries. And he says, uh, hey, we're, we're, we're stopping. And so we sat. And we sat, and we sat. And one year went by, and two years went by. And this was, you know, we were on calls with the State Department. John Kerry was involved. President Obama got involved at the time trying to resolve this issue. Uh, And uh, there was just no movement and really no rhyme or reason. Kids are, are, are in orphanages. During this time frame, several families had their child pass away uh, due to the delay. Um... And uh, I'll never forget, we were in Washington, D.C. on spring break last year, and we finally got our letter saying, hey, you can come. They've opened up the adoption process. You can come. And, uh, boy, you talk about an exciting time to be able to go. Uh, and, and so we prepare. My wife had never been out of the country to that extent, uh, traveling for, for that far. Uh, it's a long way to the Congo. If you saw the map, it, it is literally in the heart of Africa, right, right in the middle. Um, and I, I won't tell you there was not a lot of fear because there, there, were, there was a lot of apprehension. She had never left our three children. Uh, that was a big deal to leave them for what could be a week to two weeks. Um, and uh, security is an issue in the Congo. It is a very unsafe uh, place to go. Uh, and, and for... Um, for a white person in America, I'll tell you, I, I've, I've traveled the globe, so I've, I've been in this situation before. But for Beth, it was a unique experience to go to the Congo, and you are in the extreme minority. And it's very obvious when you, when you show up there. Uh, and so it gives you a very unique perspective on how others might feel uh, in, in similar environments uh, here. Uh, so we go, and, and of course, she's, every time a mosquito bites her, she's, she's, she's sure she's got malaria. <laughs> Uh, or, or yellow fever, uh, and uh, the first thing you do when you get there is you hand these guys your passport because they've got to take it to the, the embassy and do a bunch of work. So you, you, you land, you meet a guy for the very first time, and you hand him your passport. And, and if there's a one rule to international travel, you never part with your passport. Uh, and so you are literally, you know, you're in God's hands at that point. You're in a foreign country, no passport. Uh, you know, you don't leave the compound at all that, that you're staying in. Uh, but God was gracious. We had a, uh, an amazing union with our son the very next day. They brought him to us, and, and you worry about what that'll be like. He spoke no English, uh, and he, he did not know we were coming. And so you meet him for the very first time, and, and you're just worried, how awkward is that going to be? Or what, what is that moment going to be like? And, and you couldn't have picked a better 
Kodak moment. He, 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 we, we went downstairs. We prayed before we went downstairs. And Beth rounded the corner, and he saw her. And he got up, and he ran, and he gave her a big hug. And uh, it was an amazing moment. Um, so God brings us home three days. Uh, and uh, his life has been full of change since that time. So he knew no English, never ridden a bike, didn't know how to swim, uh, you know, had a whole new set of siblings, uh, had a school to go to. And so this past year has been just an amazing year for him, amazing year of change. Um, and for those of you that do social media, I, you know, I'll, I'll tell you, if you, if you look at Facebook, Beth does Facebook, I don't, I don't do social media, but, but there's all kinds of posts on there, and, and our son has a great smile, and boy, it looks like a happy family, uh, and there's been a lot of good times to, to go along with this past year. But I'll tell you, um, and Christy, Christy likes to point this out, you know, if you get your worldview from social media, it's going to be very skewed, uh, very, very skewed. Uh, and so, you know, when you think about it, you look on social media, and everybody's got a great vacation, Everybody's kids are making the honor roll. Uh, everybody's husband's just got a promotion. Uh, and, and that's just not life. Uh, it's, it's fun to see that, but, but that's not the real world. And so my encouragement, if, if that's where you want to get your worldview, I, I encourage you to listen to country music while you, while you look at Facebook. Uh, because in my view, country music has uh, the other side of the story, right? It's, it's, the, it's the my wife left me. And my, my dog bit me, and my mama got run over by a train. You know, I mean, it's just, that's, that's what life is like. It's somewhere in the middle. Uh, and, and that's been our story as well. We've had our share of struggles with uh, homework, uh, with just, you know, having a, a new person come into the family. And, uh, you know, this is not an infant. This is a person with a personality and, a, and an emotional background and a... Um, and so there's been a, a huge amount of adjustment that's happened for all of us, and we've been able to see God through that. Uh, and so he's definitely grown our family, not by just physically adding a member, uh, but he's really grown our faith. And, and what's really cool is that we've been able to see that not just in, in us, but in our kids as well. Wow. I love knowing some of the you know inside stories to some of this. I remember... One of the first days, and I'm going to ask you one more question, but just you guys even saying how Montu almost jumped out of the car on the way home because he'd never felt breeze in his face. You had the window down, and he's trying to jump out. Um, you, guess, you guys skipped so many things. I know we don't have time for that, but just the episode on the plane where he'd eaten some of the first things, you will, just some amazing things. So. All right, so I've asked each of you individual questions. Let me ask you kind of just a joint question here. Um, what lessons, what lessons? I mean, the things that you feel like God has taught you through the ex- this experience. So what do you feel like in, in this endeavor, as God has led you to this point, you, you guys have been so clear that you know God led you and really put this in your heart. So what have you learned about this process? What have you learned through this experience? What has God taught you? So, so you heard Jeff maybe mention our airplane trip back. So the very first lesson we learned uh, uh, as we were coming home, you know, you, you show up at the airport in, in uh, Kinshasa, which is the capital there, uh, and everybody understands what's happening, right? They see this, this young African-American boy, and he's going home with these two white parents, and so it's, it's clear he is being adopted. And so there are a lot of people that are very happy for this young man, that he's going to have a family, 
And, uh, and, and so we're, we're in a real hurry to get there because we're ready to get out of the country and get back home and see our, our family. And so we, we stop at the little cafe at the airport and get him something to eat. And, of course, he can't speak English, and so we can't communicate around what he wants to eat. So we let the ladies at the counter help him out. And so they give him this, uh, this big old plate. I mean, it's got like a big hoagie sandwich, uh, a thing of chips, a brownie, some M&Ms, and a Coke. And, and so we've got about 20 minutes, and so he's... He scarfs every bit of that food down. I'm talking a whole plate. Because where he's from, they eat two meals a day, and, and you don't leave anything on your plate because you don't know how much is going to be on the plate next. Well, immediately after eating all that, his, food, his demeanor changes. And it's just like, and he's trying to tell us that something's not right. And so I'm trying to, like, you need to go to the bathroom. So we go to the bathroom, and then finally they're like, hey, we've got to board the plane. So we get on the plane, and he goes right to sleep. And he lays down. And we're on a ginormous plane because we're going to be on it for eight hours. Uh, on a on a 24-hour journey back home, he lays down in the middle, and and we're about 20 minutes into this flight, and all of a sudden, everything he just ate, it just it just came back up like a Coca-Cola volcano. Um, I mean, everywhere. Uh, and uh, you know, he feels terrible. We can't we can't communicate. Uh, thankfully, the flight attendants were very kind, but I, you know, I really felt bad for those people sitting there because they got eight hours in a plane that really stinks now. And uh, I took a pair of clothes with me extra on the way there because if our luggage got lost, I'd have one. But on the way home, I didn't. I thought, I'm going home. If they lose my luggage, that's okay. I'm going home. Uh, and so we had the same clothes on for a day. Uh, it was, so, so we learned. Be, be careful what you give them uh, early on. God has taught us that. Uh, I don't think he's had a coat since that time. Uh, so, uh, well, but and let me just say too, real quick, I remember, um, thinking <clears throat> as that happened, I remember thinking, okay, Lord, what are we supposed to learn from this? Like, give me something right now that I can take from this. Cause I'm not sure what this is going to help us with, with the smell and the, it was a lot. And, um, I was quickly convicted that in that, what God does all the time for us, he just gets us out of our messes. We're always just in a mess, and we're always surrounded by this stuff. And at that moment, I didn't care what he smelled like, and I didn't care what he looked like. I was going to help my son feel better and clean up, and I didn't care. And so it was just a beautiful parallel with that's what God does for us all the time. Doesn't matter how many times. He's always there and he always helps us and he cleans us up and, and he loves us through it. So, sorry, I just had to say that. So, so maybe on a more serious note, you heard the story at the beginning about we were not on the same page with adoption, right? That Beth, that God had spoke to Beth and, and led her to this point where, hey, she felt like we needed to adopt and, and God hadn't spoken to me yet. And, and so uh, I can tell you there are, there are people today we know where you've got your marriage, you've got an important decision, uh, whether it's a job or a move or maybe it's something to do with uh, your children, and you're not on the same page. And uh, what we learned through this was, hey, you just have to stay in prayer because when it's right, God will lead you both to the same outcome. God's not going to call one of you to do something that affects the family and not call the other one as well. And so, uh, you know, for me, I think about Mary and Joseph. You know, in the Bible, in, in Luke, it says that an angel appeared to Mary and told her, you're going to have a, a child. And, and so, uh, you know, you can envision the discussion when she goes home and tells uh, Joseph, 
uh, sees him next, you know, uh, hey, I saw this angel, and guess what? I'm pregnant, and I got this baby. And, of course, Joseph, in his own mind, is going to be thinking, yeah, that's a nice story. Uh, you know, where'd you, where'd you pick that up? Uh, uh, I, think I, I think I might have heard that before. But what it tells us in Mark is that an angel appeared to Joseph as well and said, Mary will have a son. And so God spoke to both of them, and he gave them the plan. And so if you're in that point where, hey, you're not on the same page, what we've learned is, hey, you've got to stay in prayer together until God brings you together uh, toward a path forward. Um, I would tell you the other thing we've learned is, is how to wait. So we got all our paperwork together. Uh, I think I mentioned that went really quickly. We were really excited about that. Our, our kids, there's a picture up there with our kids at Christmas, the three, saying, you know, hey, we're waiting on month two. Uh, we just knew it was going to be uh, right around the corner. And then we got stuck in a period of just waiting and waiting and waiting. And um, there's a lot in the Bible about waiting on the Lord. And, and I guess what we learned out of that was there, there's two types of waiting. There's passive waiting and there's active waiting. And so passive waiting to me is you just sit around and you wait on the Lord, right? He's promised this, and so we will stay here until he delivers this. And what we learned was in the waiting for us, God had given us a whole other set of challenges and things to do. And if we just focused on this, we were missing his calling in all these other areas. We, we have three kids. They are uh, amazing kids, and when there's a huge responsibility to raise them in the way of the Lord. That was our calling in the waiting. Um, we, had a fr- we had a lady we met through this process, and she had a family, and she was adopting two children. And her process went off the rails as well. And it literally just about destroyed her family because she only focused on what had not been delivered and not on what God had put in front of her in the very now to do as her, her calling uh, while he prepared her for the ultimate adventure. So for us, that was a, a big lesson to, uh, to really learn that in the waiting, whether it's you're waiting because you've got fertility issues, some of you are waiting for a spouse, some of you are waiting to get a job, God's put things in your life today that he's calling you to do that uh, you need to be focused on in that waiting period. And, uh, and we learned uh, through this that, hey, that's, that obedience here helps the wait seem not so long here. It really gives you the, 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 the faith and the stamina to, to wait on the Lord. The, um, and I think, Jeff, the last thing for, for us as we sat through that, eventually God calls you. And so the plan is there. We got the call. And, uh, hey, at that point, it's time to, to go boldly. Uh, and, and I won't lie, you get the call, and it's like, oh, are we really going to do this? Our life is about to change. We're about to meet a new son. Uh, and, you know, I grew up, uh, I'd, I'd go to my grandmother's, and we watched uh, The Price is Right. Anybody watch The Price is Right? <laughs> so, so they've got that game at the end of each round where you spin the wheel, and you've got to get to uh, uh, as close as you can to a dollar without going over, right? And so you spin the wheel, and it's a no-brainer. If you get 25 cents, you're going to spin the wheel again, right? And if, you, if you're in the 50-cent range, well, hey, at that point, you might decide to gamble. But, but it's a no-brainer. If you've got 90, 95 cents on that first wheel, you stop, right? Life is good. You, you stop. And that's where our life was. Hey, we got three great kids. They're amazing. Our, 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 we just had been blessed with a happy marriage. I mean, 
we were at 95 cents on the wheel. And so there was nothing in us that wants to take another spin at this, this, this wheel. It's, it's hard to believe you're going to get that dollar. But God knew what he had in store for us, and he called us, uh, and he had already gone before. Uh, you know, he had laid this plan out, and uh, it, was, uh, it has stretched our faith immensely to be able to walk in that and see uh, his plans. You know, there, there's the verse in Jeremiah, everybody's familiar with the verse uh, about the fact that God has plans for you, plans not to harm you, but to prosper. Uh, and in today's culture, we tend to think of prosper. Everybody wants to think that somehow that your bank account is going to get bigger. Uh, or that you're going to get more things. That is prosperity. Uh, and what we've learned is, one, God has a plan for you. I hope you take encouragement in that. The, the, the life is not random. It, there is a plan, and it is, it is for your good. Um, from, from our adoption, I think for us, the, the parallel we took is, um, as I think about faith, uh, you know, our son was... was in the, in the human economy, he was nobody, right? He is all the way in Kinshasa with 10 million people in a city that's full of refugees. He has no family. Uh, at the point he gets old enough to get booted out of the orphanage, what, what does his future look like? He has no education. He has no family. There are no jobs. Uh, and uh, when you stop and think, we're in... Uh, we started in Louisiana. We're in Georgia now. Um, we, I'd never been to Africa. Didn't know a soul from Africa. Never heard of Kinshasa. And yet God had a plan to take a family and weave a path through time to bring them to that one child and to change his life and to change our life. And the encouragement we want to share with you today out of that is, hey, that, that's just a small snippet of how the gospel works. Because we are all like that. At the end of the day, we're orphans. Uh, we, with, without acceptance by Christ, uh, we don't have a path to God the Father. And, and I'm telling you, our situation, you may, you may think because you got a nicer pair of pants or you got air conditioning in your house or you're going to eat three meals and you, you got a big bank account that you're better off than those, those uh, folks that are in Africa that don't know where their next meal is coming from. Or, or their house leaks when it rains. But in God's economy, we're all destitute. Without Christ, we are hopeless and lost. And, uh, and I hope there's encouragement for each of you in knowing that God has a plan, that, that you're never too far. Because I can, I can assure you, my son had no, no dream. He, he, knew, uh, he knew of the world, but he had no... No ability to dream big enough to think that he could come to America, come to a school, uh, come to an amazing church, uh, and be loved on by, by this many people. Uh, and so uh, I believe God has that in store for all of us as we draw into Christ. Bigger than we can imagine, better than we can imagine, uh, and not because we deserve it, but because of what Christ has done. And I'll just close on this. I remember telling my, um, the other three, um, as scary as this sounds, I'd rather obey God and it be difficult than not obey God and it be easy. Um, and so to help that, um, them understand that, when we started this process, and moms, if, if you've never done this, I just encourage you to do this. 
we gave each of our um, children a verse, including Muntu, before he even got here. A verse that was theirs, that we could claim over their lives, that, we, that could be theirs, um, that suited their personality and their needs. And we gave each one of our children a verse to memorize and to know by heart. Um, they all have different verses. Muntu's just happens to be uh, Galatians 3, 26, 29 through 29. And I'll end on this, which is just so appropriate. And it says, For in Christ Jesus you are all sons of God through faith. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male nor female. And in our house we like to say, if you're from Africa or America, we are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's offspring and heirs according to his promise. What a beautiful, beautiful thing um, that God has given us through this scripture. <laughs> I love you guys. This was powerful. Beth, Michael, thank you so much for sharing. Um, to me, the, what strikes me is the, just the hand of God that has been in your life since you said yes to what he led you to do. Uh, you're stepping into the story he's writing for you and going with the story. And um, I guess on behalf of the church, we want to say we love you. We're proud of you. Um, I was so proud knowing that it finally happened. And I knew when you got the letter, you thought it still may not happen because the Congo is so messed up. But we prayed for you and begged God that he would do what you felt like he was leading you to do. And he did that. And so it's been our privilege to be a part of just the last couple of years of this journey with you. And so we love you. And so as a church family, we get to, we get to wrap arms. I feel like I get to help be a part of Montu's life. He's one of my favorite kids in all the world. Um, his spirit, and, and not just Montu, but all your kids, Mary Claire, Hannah Beth, Noah. Uh, we had Noah. What a privilege we had to have Noah. Noah thinks he's going to be a preacher someday. We know that might change as it has with my kids, but Noah got to read scripture on Christmas, and what an amazing time that was. I'm going I'm to ask you guys to stand with me, and, and is your family here? We could, we could call them up. You guys can take this, uh, and I'm going to invite the the, uh, the Brown family up wherever they're at, and uh, yeah, you guys can stand with us. We're going to wrap things up in just a second. Um, thank you so much for sharing. I think they're out there. If they're not, we'll uh, we'll leave their photo up. If they're not, there they are. They're coming on up. Hey. This is not in order of age, but this is Mary Claire. Next is this beautiful girl who is shortly going to have her driver's license in one more year. Hannah Beth. This is Muntu, and one of my favorite little buddies on the end. This is Noah, and this is the Brown family. We're happy to have them in our church. And as they stand up here, let me just say this. Hear me when I say this. We're all Muntu. All of us are Muntu, left alone, without a Christ, without a Savior, we're all Muntu, until somebody 
said they were going to love us, that they would give their life to us unconditionally. And that's what this family has done, not just for Montu, but for each other. This is a family unit. And what I love about this story is the parallel that Michael talked about, that we have a Savior who said, I'm going to choose that kid. And he looked at each of us, and, it's, and the only part we have in it is to say, yes. Because there's nothing Montu could do to will himself to get a family or to, or to have someone to love him unconditionally. He can't do that. We can't earn our right standing with God. We can't earn forgiveness. We can't earn hope. We can't earn freedom. It is simply by the choice of God to send his son Jesus to love us and to adopt us. So my hope today is you recognize that we're Montu and that all of us need a Savior. All of us need somebody to love us unconditionally. Let's give these guys a warm welcome as we thank them for coming here today. Love you, buddy. Love you guys. Love you guys. All right. No, you can lead everybody off. You guys are uh, already standing. So let me just do this. Let's just close really short and sweet today. And as you're standing, I'm going to ask you just to kind of have a moment with God yourself and ask you if you saw yourself in the story today and you would say, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm separated from God. I'm, 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 I'm on too. I've thrown up all over myself before, you know. I've made a mess of my life, and there's nobody yet in my life that, can, that, can, that has scooped me up, that has that is, that is forgiven me of my mess, that has made me right when I've been wrong. And I, and I, I simply want to ask Jesus to be my leader and my forgiver today, and I want to make, I want to I be his today. Let's do this with every head's bowed for just one moment. If that is you today, And you would say, on this Mother's Day, I want to make Jesus the leader and forgiver of my life. I want you right now to raise your hand up and look up at me. I will not call you out. But you would say, I want Jesus to be the leader and forgiver of my life right now. Raise your hands all over this room. Yes, yes. Anybody else? Anybody I'm missing? I want to pray for you this morning. Anybody else? On Mother's Day, I want Jesus to be my Savior today. Anybody else? God, as we close in this prayer, God, all of us, let us, let us thank you for our moms. But God, let us, number one, thank you for a Savior who gave his life to move us away from where we were to where you'd call us to be. And that is ultimately with you. The safest, smartest, best place there ever could be. Walking hand in hand through life, and the afterlife, knowing that somebody can forgive me of my sins and make me right with God and give me wholeness and heaven. So Lord, I pray for those that raise their hands that would say, I need a Savior. God, I, write, I ask right now that as they lift their hearts, their minds, their hands, whatever, that they would simply just cry out to you in heaven and say, Jesus, I want you to be mine. I want to be yours. Would you be the leader and forgiver of my life today? We believe, God, in Scripture that it says if we, if we confess with our mouths and we believe in our hearts, the Bible says, and we believe it's true, that we 
are saved. And nothing can take us from our Father. Because He's an amazing Father. Who would stop at nothing to remind us that He loves us, to guide us, to help us, to challenge our hearts, to grow us. We thank You today for Jesus. And God, we thank You today that He loves us. And we thank You today for these moms that are here. We love you, Lord. In your name we pray. And everybody said, amen.